What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Nocturnal is the game for this week's episode. Nocturnal is a 2D action platformer, and a lot of similarities with games that we've talked about before, like Gris, Narita Boy, even games like Imp of the Sun, which we did in our Sales and Tales episode. The game was originally released in June of 2023 on PC, Switch, PS4, and 5, Xbox One, Series X, and S. The game was developed by Sunnyside Games, which is a small team out of Switzerland, so shout out to them. And this is their second game, I believe. In 2019, they released a game called Towaga, I think it's called. The game was published by Dear Villagers, which is a French indie publisher, and they publish games like Hover and Scourgebringer, which I believe we've talked about in our Sales and Tales episode, as well as a game coming up called Born of Bread, which is like a Paper Mario spin-off type thing uh, that looks really cool. The game was released on PC, at $16.99 and on consoles at $19.99. And runtime, if you're just going straight through for the story, it's only about three hours. If you want to really take your time, get all the extra things, the secrets, do all the skill tree stuff. Could take you a little more than four, but I don't think any more than five. Me, I got this on PS5 for $13.99 on sale. And I've put in close to two hours in this game. I'm almost finished the skill tree. In terms of recommendations, no one really pointed this game out to me. It's kind of a simple platformer. That's what drew it to me. There's like the whole darkness and light and with flame is kind of cool. And it just seemed like a simple pick up and play game. Uh, so I decided to give it a go. Let's talk gameplay for Nocturnal. So this is a 2D platformer, short and simple. 
So we'll go through some of the basic moveset and then get onto some of the more complicated things. So what you would expect from a 2D platformer, you can jump, move, you can dash, which is kind of like a roll, and you can roll through enemies. When you jump and there's a ledge, your character will grab the ledge and pick themselves up, so that's nice. And a lot of what you're going to be doing is swinging the sword. And swinging it will prolong your airtime, whether it's like going across to make a longer jump or also to actually move up. So when you swing and you hit something, I think you actually stay in the air longer. And the platforming and traversal in this game, so just some typical tropes that you might expect. There'll be crumbling platforms if you stay on them too long, uh, switches to open things, things will be timed. There'll be elevators, which are interesting because the activation of them is kind of delayed, like you just stand on there for a second or two and then it'll move. Uh, and some elevators have multiple stops, like go up one level and then if you hit another switch, like it can go up another level, but you can't like direct which way you wanna go. So if you're in the middle, uh, it's just kind of automated wherever it goes. There is a light meter. So you're going to be hitting things with your sword that are flame. And then your sword is going to hold that flame for a certain amount of time and there'll be a meter at the bottom of the screen that'll slowly close in. And when it gets to the center, the flame is going to go from your sword. And this is a pretty cool mechanic because it's going to be used in lighting torches because a lot of what this game is is kind of moving the flame forward and keeping it going. So you're going to be lighting torches and anytime you hit a torch or anytime you hit anything that is on fire or in flame, it'll reset that meter. So as long as you keep hitting the torch, whether it's like going back to a torch or starting a new torch, uh, it's going to reset that light meter. There are some torches that stay lit permanently, and then as you progress through the game, uh, you'll see that in certain instances or puzzles, there'll be like a timed thing where like a flame will go out after a certain amount of time. And so there are puzzles and challenges in this game. Uh, it is very Zelda, reminiscent of Zelda, because like the puzzle of like trying to transport a flame to the next thing, it reminds me of like Ocarina of Time where you're lighting the Deku stick and, you know, trying not to get it wet so that the flame goes out. So you are avoiding water. There is water in this game. And like I said, there will be puzzles where it's like you light torches in a certain order. And for some of these puzzles, there'll be clues in the environment and so the environment is pretty interactive so when you have flame on your sword you can actually burn a lot of things in the environment like there'll be vines and and plants and things like that sometimes they'll be covering like puzzle clues which is really cool other things that you might come across there are like chase sequences that are really fast paced it plays on darkness sometimes it's like the darkness is chasing you sometimes like the object is to like keep the light going onto the next torch because it might be timed and so it's like get through this quick sequence uh, and make it onto the other side uh, back to safety and so a lot of the game is this darkness and light balance and so there'll be rooms that are just like ambient lit, no problem. But then there'll be rooms that are pure darkness or that have like sources of darkness. And if you're in it for too long, you will die. So like there's a light meter, but then when you're in the darkness, uh, like a different meter comes up and you really don't have that much time before like you need to get out of there or you need to get flame on your sword or something like that. And if you die, like you just reset back to the next checkpoint and we'll talk about checkpoints. But there's this consistent need for the flame to survive or to progress in this game. And so uh, the game is really dependent upon this light-darkness construct. So let's talk about combat. So there are going to be enemies. And primarily what you're going to be doing is swinging the sword and dodging. 
Uh, you will soon find out that you can deflect certain things. You can't deflect that many enemy attacks, but you can deflect projectiles, which is nice. But you will get some other moves that you can do, and you'll also get your own projectiles, which is kind of cool. But a lot of these combat situations are going to be in closed rooms. Like, you'll go in a room, and the doors will close and lock. Sometimes there'll be, like, multiple waves of enemies. And sometimes these are human enemies. Sometimes they're shadow enemies. And whenever you have enemies, they'll have their own health bar, much like you. You have a certain amount of hearts. They're just, like, squares. And when your sword is lit, it can do burning damage. When it's not lit, it can do regular damage. So against like human enemies, regular damage is fine, but you can't hit shadow enemies with regular damage. But when you have the burning on your sword, you'll be able to hit shadow enemies, but it'll also like burn them and do damage over time. So like when you hit somebody with your flame sword, like they'll get engulfed in flames and then they'll also take damage over time, which is nice. In terms of enemy types, like I said, you've got human and shadow, but the shadow enemies, you'll have like heavy hitters, you'll have ones shooting projectiles, uh, ones with varying melee range, and you'll have humans with some of these similarities as well, like shooting projectiles or having like a long spear. And so a lot of the game is this combination of puzzle and combat. So these chase scenes, for example, is one of them where it's like you might have to deal with enemies while you're also trying to solve a puzzle or hit a switch and open a door. So there's that constant synergy back and forth and I really like how it does that. There will also be bosses in this game. There's a few. I don't know exactly how many. I've only come across I think one, maybe two. And some of these can be tough, but basically they're like stronger versions of enemies with more health. Some of them have interesting mechanics. Nothing that I think is like, you know, this is a particular boss mechanic and it takes you a while. It's just like fighting a normal enemy I feel and it just takes more time. And when you beat some of these bosses, you'll get like a move or a power or something from beating them. Again, I don't know how many in total. I'm almost finished the game, I feel, but I haven't encountered many. So you will get like a different move for your character. And let's talk about your character because there is a skill tree that you'll have access to where you can upgrade your character. And you do this by spending currency that you find in the world, which is pretty much just by breaking pots. So anytime you break a pot, you'll see like a plus one token or whatever. And those are for your upgrade skill tree. And a lot of these are going to be pretty simple like add one to your health bar add time to your light meter add speed to your character when they have flame on their sword but then the way it's arranged if you acquire two of these simple upgrades that are like in between a special one or a larger one then you'll get access to that larger one. And there's a couple in your skill tree, not many, maybe like three. And these are different moves. So similar to when you get a move from a boss, you can get one of these moves uh, by purchasing one of the upgrades only when you've kind of unlocked it. And the powers that you get, one is like to heal uh, using your light meter, which is similar to Imp of the Sun, which we talked about. And then the other is like a flame slash. So there are a couple moves that you're going to get in this game which is really nice uh, because otherwise it would just be kind of hack and slash. And to upgrade your character, there are going to be specific locations, like these specific rooms with idols in them uh, that you can only do it, so you can't just like do it willy-nilly. So let's talk about pacing and accessibility in the game. So there are a lot of checkpoints, these like basins that are sitting there. And when you pass over them, they like fill with, you know, light to tell you that like you've passed a checkpoint and it's saving there. Uh, one thing about this is once you get to the checkpoint, you can see it change visually. But I don't know how often it like resaves it when you go by, because if you access the checkpoint, but then you like go and unlock a secret thing or you break pots and get current 
currency. I don't know if it saves it when you go back to that checkpoint because I don't see anything on the screen. And sometimes you can't go back when you reach a new checkpoint. And that's kind of attesting to the linearity of this game. This game is pretty linear. Uh, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of Prince of Persia, the one on like Xbox and GameCube. And we'll talk about how like the lore and, and stuff like that and the presentation lend itself to that. But it's very linear and sometimes you'll drop down to the next checkpoint and you can't go back. So there are things that are missable, but the game does tell you that there's a way to get missable things and I'll talk about that in a second. But the general pacing, there are frequent respites. It's not just like enemies are everywhere. So you'll go into a room and there might be an NPC there and then you like sit down and they talk to you and they give you some lore. There are some rooms that have secret lore idols that you have to collect. Like I said, there are the rooms with the upgrade idols. So there's this good variation of like, okay, you can kind of rest here or like, okay, this room has a puzzle you need to solve or this room is now combat and you're locked in or like a combination of puzzle and combat. So I like the variation that it's not just like, oh, there are always enemies or there are always puzzles. Like it's constantly switching things up for you and I like that. What is really nice in terms of accessibility is anytime there's a load screen or anytime you go through you know, a doorway and it goes to another screen, um, there'll be like a hint screen that says like tip remember this, or like this can be a useful tactic when you're trying this. And one of the things that they do tell you is after you beat the game, you get a chapter select mode. So if you missed any of the collectible lore things, you can go back after you beat the game, which is nice. The biggest attest to accessibility in this game is that it's really jump in and go. Like once you hit a checkpoint, you can quit and then come back and the load screens are really quick. So I like jumping in and out of this game. I feel like it lends itself to be very accessible. And so that's a really nice thing. Let's talk about the vibe of Nocturnal. So let's start with some visuals. I feel like in ways like the characters seem like they're cell shaded, but it's really well rendered. So it's not like Wind Waker or anything like that, but there are definitely some like clear color palettes on some of the characters. There's this thing where it feels like they're very far away, yet you see a lot of detail. So it reminds me of like Transistor, not necessarily in the view, but just like that the characters seem far away and it feels like you can see a lot on the screen, but there's still a lot of detail. I do like the color palette. There's something interesting about this area. Like some of the rooms feel very regal. There's like brass torches. These basins are like brass or gold or like you can tell that there's some shine or sheen or some class here. There's also rugs. There's a lot of vines and greenery, like I said, things that you can burn. Like there is water falling sometimes. Uh, it almost gives like a feel of like ancient Greece or, or something like that. And I like that you can interact with the environment. So that makes all these things kind of stand out because you can burn the vines or the plants or the rugs you can even burn. And just the visuals of the flame versus the darkness 
like when you burn things you really see it kind of light and just dissipate i like the varying illumination like if you're in a room of darkness or if you're in like a dimly lit room or like you have the flame on the sword like you can definitely see the the walls in the background really illuminated i really do like the backgrounds and some of the shapes and some of the designs like the interior decoration i feel and like when you're in a chase scene it's really cool because like the darkness is like this swirling kind of chasing essence coming at you enemies are are also like that they're almost like demonic like they're just blacked out but like you can see them kind of making their moves and attacking you in terms of audio the music definitely has like an ominous sort of cavernous feel to it almost like an eeriness i definitely feel a lot of like symphonic components like there's strings there's crescendos it really reminds me a lot of the music in aragami uh, and also like the banner saga kind of like this instruments foreign instruments winding this web or telling this tale of something's going on and the sound effects as well i feel it really add a lot like when you break pots like it's really piercing when you have the flame and you're attacking with it, when something burns, like you really hear it sizzle away. In terms of setting and lore and the story, like I said, the visuals are very regal, so it feels like you're in this kind of fancy like noble place the story is interesting it seems kind of bland at first but you do get more about it like there's this kingdom or this place that you're coming back to your character and you're coming back and it's in a state of disarray or corruption because of the darkness and very prince of persia because of that i feel like that game on xbox like you come back and like everything is kind of taken a turn like there are these enemies that are strange and you're like really platforming your way through and going through getting these simple upgrades but you you are kind of learning about this place. The opening anime is interesting. It's like a scene that provides some context, but I really didn't pay too much attention to that. I really got some context from those rooms where you sit and talk to an NPC and they just kind of lore dump on you, but not like over the top. Just like, hey, here's the situation. Or like, we're glad you're back. I remember when blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, you're this person or you're this soldier or something like that. And it didn't really take that much dialogue for me to be like, oh, that's what's going on. And I really appreciated that because especially in a short game like this, I don't like if there's no story, but I also don't like if it's trying to be too much story. So I appreciate that. The story seems fairly simple and is easy to kind of summarize and give the gist of. And there's also those lore idols that you come across, those collectible things that give you a little bit of information about the world or what's going on. But overall, I just feel like it's a simple story that you never really get lost in. Uh, it is a short game, and so that minimal complexity, I feel like, is very welcomed. Let's wrap up the conversation about Nocturnal. This is a very simple game, but surprisingly delightful, I feel. It's a really nice 2D platformer. I know this space has a lot of tough competition, especially with like Metroidvanias, but this is a game that I feel does pacing really well with the different varieties of gameplay, whether it's puzzles or lore respites or combat or synergy with puzzles and combat. I like that there are a lot of secrets and upgrades that you can get, things that you don't necessarily have to find. 
Some of the puzzle tropes, I feel like you've seen some of them before. They don't overstay. I feel like it's really refreshing. You're kind of experiencing something new or a different type of chase. I just feel overall it doesn't try to do or be too much. And that's something that, like we talked about in our very first episode, this could be the type of game that's like an in-between between two bigger games or two, you know, Metroidvanias that are story-heavy, if this is your genre. But I feel like it's a nice palate cleanser. It's very simple, and I like the kind of whimsy of a simple game. In terms of time commitment, super manageable, right? Pick up and play. You could probably play this in one sitting or maybe, you know, over a couple of days. In terms of value, this is where I'm a little off because 17 or 20, I mean 17 on PC, 20 on console, I feel like that's pretty high. And I'm definitely not someone who's going to give a value judgment just because of time. But if it's not time with gameplay, I would also put story in there. And since this game doesn't really have that much, I would put the MSRP maybe down to 15. I feel like is really, really better, maybe even lower. I would look for this to be on sale. I think $10 or under is really a sale price that's ideal for this game. Again, I'm not discounting it because it's short, but there's not as much here. I feel like it's a nice palate cleanser. Even with the $15 market for a lot of games, I don't feel like it can compete as well, but still a really nice experience. Still a great bite-sized experience. I am playing this on PlayStation. I feel like this would really be good on Switch as well. So maybe check it out on there. I don't know what the sales look like there, but definitely a game that I think is worth playing. And so I do highly recommend it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.